0: Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Drew with a special episode of my other podcast that I co-host regularly. And uh, it's Weekly Comic Spotlight over at John Mayo's comic book page. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to it. It's a standard review show of uh, a Marvel, a DC, and an independent comic. Uh, each week, so uh, check this out, and if you like it, go over there and subscribe or check out uh, those those episodes. They're a lot of fun. So thanks again for listening.
1: Um, here you go. This is Weekly Comics Spotlight 526 for comics originally released on September sixth, two thousand seventeen. Now starting us off in DC is Bombshells United. This is kind of sort of uh, I guess a sequel or continuation to the DC Comics Bombshells series, uh, that was digital first and then print. I'd gotten the print run. It lasted 33-ish issues, somewhere in there. They were doing, I think, three of the digital per or some such, and that went for about 100. I'll be honest, I was kind of like, uh, kind of, kind of lukewarm on that series. I liked some of the design aspects, some of it was cool. Some of the issues worked better for me than others. Some of them felt like they were like a Cliff Notes illustrated story telling just the highlights and narrating it versus, I don't know, seeing the action happen. And that's, that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, I guess. Initially, I was probably going to pass on this, but so I was curious how they were going to handle the internment camps, the Wonder Girls and stuff like that. And I was going in kind of cautiously optimistic. And then when I, when I read this, The The first part was hitting all those Cliff Note illustrated story aspects that really doesn't sit well with me. Everything being told in caption in a couple of the scenes, then cut to what seems like a comic book story, and then kind of cut back almost. Uh, So I had mixed feelings on that. And there were some of the places where the art felt like they'd kind of, I don't know, uh, zoomed in on it or, or, or enlarged it, and it didn't quite look as good. So the issue didn't get off to a strong start with me. But then when they get this miraculous, almost uh, bizarre rescue from these giant birds or whatever, I'm like, okay, that's different. But when it was revealed who did that, and it was Dawnstar, who's a member of the Legion of Superheroes. I mean, To me, that was a very welcome and, and unexpected surprise. And I'm so starved for Legion stuff that uh, I was very happy with that. Because she's she's an awesome character and hasn't been used well or really used much at all in ages. Um, and of course, this is a different version of the character to, to fit this universe. But it was fun. It was a surprisingly, actually, classic look to the character. At this point, I'm going to give the, the the series a couple of issues, see where it goes probably keep getting it after that, but it's kind of one of those titles that's almost on a permanent probation with me. And if I had to cut, this is the kind of title I could probably cut fairly easily. It's not bad. It just generally doesn't resonate with me in terms of storytelling style and the fact that it's a completely disconnected continuity that once they're done telling stories, either here or another follow-on series or whatever... We're probably never going to see these characters again outside of the statues that kind of originated the property. But I'm also probably not part of the target audience so I don't think that's really a big deal. Some people are going to love it, some people aren't going to care for it. I felt kind of smack dab in the middle. There's, it, it's not much different than uh,
0: I felt the, the Bombshell series uh, that we reviewed, I think the first issue of, the previous volume and it, it felt very similar in tone and style and Know, storytelling. And I think the creative team is exactly the same. Uh, Marguerite Bennett and, uh, Marguerite, uh, Savage, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, or one's Marguerite one's Margaret. I'm not sure. Um, and it, it, it's just, is, it's just a storytelling style and, uh, it, it just doesn't, doesn't resonate with me very well. It, it's, um, it was okay. There was nothing awful about it. It just it was a little boring. Um, Nothing really exciting going on. Uh, there was a, a clayface appearance that was kind of fun. I didn't see that coming, so that was that was a fun surprise. Uh, the uh, the stories, uh, all the characters were kind of interchangeable, and uh, it was. I mean, I, I knew they were. I know they're different, but they were all written in such a way because it was. All, it was. It seemed to be narration box, and then. The, the this character, this female character, would talk the same way as maybe another one would, and another narration box, and and it was kind of interchangeable. You you could have probably just jumbled them all the characters in a hat, and they, anybody could have said anything, and didn't it didn't seem like anybody really had a personality, and uh, it was a, it was a big cast, but nobody really stood out to me, um, and there there was really some blurring of the lines of of who was who I felt and they didn't really uh, step up and, and jump out and say, Oh, this is, this is the character, the cool character. This is the one that uh, means the most, or this is the ones that you should root for the most or should root for at all. Um, Everybody was pretty, pretty bland. And uh, that's never a good recipe for a a new issue and uh, to try to hook you. So it, it didn't work on a lot of levels for me. But I thought the art was fine. I didn't have any problem with the art.
1: Well, and this is a property that is based on, you know, this kind of look and design sensibility for the characters. So I think the, the visual aesthetics are taking a, a higher priority in the series than, say, the characterization. Because I, I think you're right. A lot of these characters are fairly homogenous and interchangeable. And that's not a, a great way to kind of kick off a first issue. So, to me, that's that's part of why, I mean, I like some of what they're doing with this series and the previous one, but I don't love it. And I think it's just, uh, again, it's not, I'm not part of the target audience it's aimed for. And I think they're looking for a different demographic that's not wanting kind of the more traditional superhero slugfest or whatever that these characters originated with. Who do you think that uh, demographic is? Who do you think they're, they're aiming for? I think they're aiming for a more uh, female audience, potentially or somebody uh guys looking for more I don't want to say the cheesecake kind of thing but the pinup model and and the the bombshell look and the story is an added bonus if it's there I guess I don't know and I'm not trying to say the story sucks it doesn't it's just a very different storytelling style than like the mainstream Marvel and DC comics are told in you know typically you don't have giant birds coming and rescuing people who are escaping from a train wreck or whatever a commandy challenge well, okay, fair, you could have it there. <laughs> and it's not that it's bad, it's just that it's different in a way that it's not resonating with me either. So I'm going to go with a, a C-plus on this. It's something that um, I really wouldn't recommend for most people uh, unless they look at the cover and say, wow, I've just got to have that. Um, in which case, they should pick it up.
0: I'm, I'm just a couple clicks lower. I'm going to C-minus and... Uh, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it hasn't really changed much from that, from that last volume. Um, if that, if, if you did enjoy that, I think you would enjoy this. Um, uh, that, that one really didn't click with me. And, and this one, uh, didn't do much to, to click with me either. It seems it's, this is a, um, an, an eight digital issue mini series. So that's probably four, four print issues. Um, so it won't be around much longer anyway. Um, but maybe they'll do a series of miniseries as possible.
1: I was thinking it was going to keep going, and that was just the first arc that was that long, because they'd done similar things on the previous run. It's quite possible. You yeah. Know, part one of six, part one of nine, or whatever, and that would just be two or three issues of the print. Um, I'll be honest, if Donstar hadn't showed up, I'd be right there with you at a C-. That was enough to, to flip it into the, the positive realm for me.
0: Yeah, we know how to get a half a point bump.
1: From John. Hey, it's not always going to work, but, you know, <laughs> if you can work in a couple of these cool, you know, Legion characters that have not been used in a while, or maybe a JSA character or a few others, you know, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Shall we move on to our Marvel book? Yeah. This is uh, Hawkeye number 10. Uh, I think the 10 stands for the number of seconds it'll take to read. this. I, I blasted through this fast. To the point, I hit the end. Wait, this it, it's over. Essentially, what happens here is uh this is featuring the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, not the the real Hawkeye or the previous Hawkeye. Whatever we'll say she's a real Hawkeye. The issue starts out. Kate's glamming up to go out for a night on the town with her friends. Encounters Oddball, whom she quickly defeats. Only it's not really Kate. We realize it's it's somebody else in a clone body of hers, which we realize when they cut to the second scene and the real Kate's complaining that somebody's in the clone body of hers. And then the real Kate quickly escapes and uh, from this this basement prison or whatever. Now, first off, Southern California generally not known for having basements, much less basement prisons. You know, the whole basement thing's kind of not so cool in an area where you have earthquakes and whatnot. But okay, fine, we'll we'll let that slide. And she's uh, the the issue ends with her kind of questioning her father uh, while she's got the chance. And he can't use his superpowers. And at first I'm like, wait, powers? Hang on. And then, you know, I I thought about it for a minute. And it's like, oh yeah, I think a few issues back in this arc, they set that up. And likewise, at the beginning of this, there's no particular reason we should assume this isn't Kate. Because I thought the last issue, and maybe I missed one, but I thought the last issue ended with somebody coming into her office with a, ooh, they're going to have a confrontation. So, to pick up not there felt a little off, and it, it, it felt like I missed an issue, and I honestly don't think I did. So, some callbacks, some clarifications would have been nice. Um, It's really feeling like this story is written for the trade. It's not reading as well in the individual issues. This issue kind of lacked some context for the full story. And really, when you boil it down, you've got two scenes, and that's about it. They're not bad scenes. It's good content. It just felt very light, breezy, and and over too quick. Huh? Um, yeah. First
0: off, I I really like this uh, Leonardo Romero art. It's uh, got enough of the David Aha touches to uh, kind of keep that consistent Hawkeye style, and mm-hmm. and some of the stylistic choices and call-outs and visual gags are are quite evident. So that that really. I enjoy that art style and I, and I think that he does a great job here. Um, I really liked the way that you kind of, they kind of jumped and it was, it it was a mystery what was going on and why she was acting so weird. So I, I felt totally different on about that. And, um, I was like, boy, did, did something happen? Did I miss a page? <laughs> I felt exactly like you did that so maybe I'd missed a page where Madam Mask had done something, but it was, it was cleared up. A few pages later, and um, it was kind of fun to be in the dark, just like her friends. I, I I thought that's the way I was taking it—that we were in the dark just as much as their our, our friends were, and they and they were kind of catching on that this wasn't who they thought it was. Well, the same way we worked, we were catching on, which I thought I thought was kind of fun.
1: I, I'm just unclear how Madame Mask got Kate out of there and into the basement prison and all. That. I mean, time had to elapse, and there had to be a little bit of a commotion for that to have happened and for people to be none the wiser or whatever. And then why did, did Madam mask go back to, to Kate's place to get ready for a night on the town? Why not just go from, from wherever the is above this basement prison over at Madame mask's place?
0: Well, I think she wanted to take the friends
1: with her. Okay. I'll buy that. Yeah. I, I think we had different reads on the same stuff. It worked better for you than for me. And that's fine. That's great.
0: Yeah, it definitely did. And this whole series has been, been a lot of fun. And, um, I, I, really enjoyed, uh, the generations, uh, combo between the two Hawkeyes. I thought that was, that was fun. So this has been great. I kind of miss the other Hawkeye, uh, I like when, when he's, uh, on the scene as well. But, but this has been a much stronger Kate series than, uh, the, the Matt Fraction Kate stories that we, we, had yeah. in the last volume I think I think this is much stronger she's been and it may be just the consistency of her month in, month out uh, and not the the weird timing that that volume was plagued with um but but I really like this I really like this character I like the way she's um she's portrayed and she's she's grown on me um and, and I hope this this characterization of her is kind of carried forth when she makes appearances in other books because sometimes that doesn't doesn't happen, and I like this. I like this version of her. She's not quite as um, I don't know. There was just, there was something about her in in the fraction run that just, she wasn't as likable, and I think she's much more likable here.
1: No, I, I would agree with all of that, and I think the cadence of the other series, both the every other month aspect of getting Kate versus Clint, and also they shipped a few issues out of order. There were some delays. They there were some some production delays that that hurt that, but I think she's. They've got a better handle of the character here, and they're doing a better job. And the fact that it's coming out on a faster clip helps a lot. Yeah. I'd also agree that the art's, by and large, very good. There was one or two places where it really kind of threw me a little bit, Uh, particularly when we first go and get a look back into the the nightclub and the commotions going on. There's, in the back, a a bamf going on. I'm like, what? Are the the all-new X-Men here? Or I guess X-Men... Gold or blue, whichever team they are now of the uh, the all original teeny bopper uh, X Men or whatever, because they've got pickles that can bamf them around. Because I I didn't think it was Nightcrawler; it's not his scene. Um, but then if you look at that first shot we've got, that's what two thirds of the page in the upper right. There's a, a character that's that's drawn that frankly looked a lot like Lady Bullseye with kind of the concentric circles and whatnot. So when it turned out it was Oddball that was the the person causing the commotion, I was a little thrown by that. Um, but that's nitpicking on one one panel of art. Overall, it was telling a good story, and you're right, it's got enough of the aha feel and sensibility to it um, that it it works well for this character.
0: Yeah, I really I really enjoy the storytelling, and um, you know, there's a few t- double double page spreads, so it is kind of a it does blow by. Um, so it, it's not a real real dent. It is only. 20 pages so um i can i can definitely see it feels a little light and uh, you know that 399 it's not quite the value of a 299 20 pager so i i definitely get that um i i like this i just like the design of it i like the way the uh the case notes are always at the beginning of this and i like i like that that's how they do the previously on um that's always a fun fun read to catch up if you want to if you need it and get the extra kind of jump start into the, into the issue. I think that's a really nice, uh, design element. Um, the cast of characters, I'm starting to grow. They're starting to grow on me. Uh, her supporting cast, you know, or her, uh, her neighbors, uh, in this, um, new location that she's, that she's been in for 10 issues now. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff here to, to enjoy. Um, and I, I like the fact that, you know, she kind of solving cases and, and, uh sometimes working with the cops sometimes not that's not really evident here in this issue but um it, it's it's been a fun run and and i th- i thought this was a really good issue that kind of showcased uh all the all the cool stuff that this thing this thing has to offer and this was this would be a a comic that i i would say this could even be a jumping on for someone uh that there's enough here for them to uh get access to this and make a decision on whether this style is for them or not I, I really thought it
1: did a good job I would not recommend this as a jumping on point I I think there are better issues almost any of the other ones of the series would be better uh maybe not I don't know um I mean she's uh, Hawkeye is literally only in like a quarter of the issue so the I mean, real it, the real Hawkeye the the title character um, and it's a good five pages. But I guess I was a little miffed that the the start of it with this whole mislead, misdirection stuff just went on for so long. It's like we could have gotten the point after, I don't know, 10 or 12 pages instead of a full 15 or something. Well, you could argue the full because of the double page and stuff.
0: Well, it took me until like, the first kiss for me to kind of get catch on, so it took me a while.
1: Again, it's not a bad story. It's just the pacing, I think, could have been better, could have been tighter, and I think should have been tighter. Um, but I think that's an unrealistic expectation of a Marvel comic these days too so i'll I'll admit to that. It's not a bad comic, but it's also not one where I think wow, there's so much depth and substance to this issue it's amazing. yeah, the fact that it's got a good character and good art helps. I was gonna go with a C+ but I think you've talked me up to a B minus on this. Um, I think this series is capable of better. And I think at times what they've done with the various Hawkeyes uh, has been absolutely outstanding. It's just uh, this wasn't that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just at a B. I mean I think this is a good comic and uh, we're not that far apart really. And uh, yeah, it, this is something to check out. If, if you haven't if you haven't checked it out for whatever reason, you've got room on your pull list. Um, give give old uh, Hawkeye a chance. It's It's pretty good. And through that first volume, reasonably priced somewhere. Well, Marvel trades aren't really reasonably priced. uh, But check it out from your local library.
1: Well, and I think it'll read well either all in one sitting or in a trade or whatever, where some of the things that they're referencing that happened, you know, a few issues back are more, you know, in your memory. Uh, If I hadn't just recently caught up on the Marvel stuff, I think some of the things like, wait, her dad has powers and stuff that was mentioned in one scene in one issue a few months back or a few weeks back however often they're coming out.
0: Yeah, but I don't think I think now that the that first volume was definitely a trade. of uh, the one case and and it was written that way. But now I think they're doing the A plot, B plot, C
1: plot type stuff. And you know, there's some continuing threads. Not at previous- all. No? This is very much continuing the story they've had for the last at least two issues.
0: Yeah, but the the
1: dad thing was two issues ago. That's my point. Right. The whole Madam so, Mask thing and some of that was explained last issue. Right, right. So, so if you're reading it all at once, it makes a lot more sense than if you're having to scratch your head saying, hey, wait, wo- wo- what's going on with her dad? We haven't, you know, I'm not even sure we necessarily saw him last month or last issue. I mean,
0: no, it's that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they kind of dropped that, that plot for a while. And, and now we're kind of shifting over to another storyline I don't
1: see it as storylines. I see it as chapters in a book because I don't think they resolved what was going on before. Because all of it's going on with what's going on with Madame Mask and her dad. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a long con.
0: the The dad stuff I think is going to drag out for a while. I don't I don't think there's going to be a quick solution to that.
1: Oh, well, I'm not expecting a quick solution, but I think is at least a resolution between what's going on with him and Madame Mask. And then he'll be a thorn in in Kate's side forevermore, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just. This is not, like, a done-in-one issues at all. Definitely not, no. It starts in the middle of stuff, ends in the middle of stuff, on two plot lines. I felt like,
0: but I felt it was a solid
1: story. I, I guess, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. For me, it was a solid chapter of a story. Okay. Worked a little um, better for me. Yeah, clearly. Which is good. Glad it did. Shall we move on to our other book? Yeah. Now this is uh Star Wars Adventures number 1 from IDW. It's another uh, 399 comic, but these days what's not. There are two stories here, and the first one's a, a part 1, meaning there will be more parts. The second one was pretty much a done in one. Um the first started with uh, you know, a splash page of an action and a fight scene and then immediately cut to earlier. So, you know, check that uh, writing crutch off. And just when they were explaining some of what Ray is doing there on Jakku of you know she finds crashed ships that landed long ago or whatever i'm like they're sitting there on a desert planet in plain sight i don't think they're hard to find um and they're they're valuable ships now i can only imagine that this was the planet underneath some hideously huge battle and that these are still valuable because there's so many of them that even though they crashed in a battle fought long before Rey was born, they haven't been completely looted yet. Now, granted, they're huge ships, too. It's just, that was something that, while it was in the movie, uh, The Force Awakens and stuff wasn't that big of a deal. When they start a whole, you know, storyline here around this, it just really kind of jumped out at me. It's like, wait a sec, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, they tried to lampshaded a little bit with the fact that one of your other favorites um with the fact that well the only thing left here it's been looted already and the only thing left here are some com links well okay i i guess that somebody left those behind and they're maybe they're less valuable in that the the fuel transponders or whatever were the really more valuable things and those were the first things taken and um and it could be that the, the desert is so vast and these things get blown over and covered up by dunes or something. Yeah,
1: I, but I kind of
0: saw that too. I'm like, how come this stuff hasn't been picked over already by now?
1: Well, I mean, there are only, I think, two jobs that we've really seen uh, on Jakku and its limited time on screen in the movies. One is looting these ships and two is, is buying from the looters of these ships. And, I mean, they've got to do something. It's either this or moisture farming, I guess. And we've already done that in the other trilogy. This clearly takes place before the third trilogy starts, because she's still on Jakku versus, you know, in the middle of the action in the movies and stuff. Okay, that's fine. Um, She winds up needing to save uh, Unkar or whatever, the guy who she would sell the stolen or the looted parts to. Um, And presumably she saves him, because otherwise the character wouldn't have been in the movies, or the movie, at least. We haven't seen the second one yet. And in the movie, I don't recall him seeming particularly grateful to Ray about any of this. She was just another one of the looters. So, I mean, to me, that kind of puts the story out of continuity of sorts with the movie. And that's not a horrible thing, but it kind of makes it of, well, what's the point of, of reading this then if it clearly well, has no ramifications on these characters?
0: I mean, come on. I mean, we've got the. Forty-five other Star Wars comics that happening before the events that we know happened, and uh, yeah, of course, Darth Vader is going to get this. He's going to get the lightsaber, and he's going to become a bad guy. Obviously, because we know he does.
1: Right, but that's the journey that matters, and they're not. Does he become the the bad guy? Here, the whole thing is, can she save the guy? We know he does. If they had simply, there's somebody else to save, would have precluded that problem entirely.
0: But it is the journey as well, because. It's fun. It's a fun adventure.
1: I thought it was okay. It wasn't one where I was so hooked on any of the characters, or particularly intrigued about what's special about this droid. It, it failed to hook me in the first chapter of the story. So, I'm not saying it's not a fun story, I'm just saying I wasn't wowed by it enough that I could overlook some of the the narrative techniques they used to tell it. Gotcha. The other one, the the tales from Wild Space or whatever... There was a framing sequence and then there was a story inside of it. And the story inside of it was a, a quick tale about Obi-Wan and, uh, what's his name, Dex at the, the diner or whatever. And I thought it was fun, it was light, it was it was shallow, but it was, it was fun and, and enjoyable and fit within the, the confines of what we'd seen in the movies. Okay, I can see this having happened. With the framing sequence, I have absolutely no idea who any of these characters are or why I should care. Are they new, are they not... What is this wild space they speak of? Um, yeah, there's, there's a new ship, the,
0: the Star Herald. Uh, there is Emil Graf, the grandson of, you know, well-known rebel hero Milo Graf, <laughs> who I don't remember. Um, Boo, Crater, and Noni, uh, the companions. So they're going to be uh, along for the ride going forward um, through probably at least one of the chapters in the book, uh, all the issues to, to come. They will be a part of this, I, I would imagine.
1: Oh yeah, I imagine they're going to be the uh, the ones constantly telling each other stories that last, you know, the two or three pages in between the two or three pages of um, a framing sequence.
0: Yeah, where the race story will, will play out and then maybe be replaced by you know some a Kylo Ren story or something else. So um, yeah, this the, this it was interesting. It was a it was definitely um, a, a younger. Uh, comic mm-hmm. and uh, and but but I I felt it was a lot of fun, um, twice as fun as the uh, Mace Mace Windu was last week. Um, uh, I would I would definitely recommend this over that. And uh, I had I had fun with the race story, not a lot of new ground cover, I kind of knew a lot of that stuff, but it was it was a fun adventure and it was told in a way that I enjoyed. And I liked the little throwaway um story with our new our new narrators i thought that was kind of fun as well i was surprised it was it's a cartoony style that i don't usually gravitate to but i thought this was fun um I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep reading it at least till I get through the ray story and then i'll have to decide if i want to keep going after that uh, maybe something i just check in on from time to time but um really i thought a really fun book
1: certainly i think it's a an all-ages book that you could put in front of any kid who's into Star Wars and stuff, and I, I really appreciate that. I think there's a, a need for that. Um I liked it, I didn't love it. I certainly didn't uh wasn't overwhelmed by sophisticated storytelling or whatnot, but I wouldn't expect to be in this kind of a book. Again, it's all ages. They're gonna have a, a fairly straightforward storytelling structure and whatnot, which I'm good with, but the fact that a few of these things almost felt like pop quizzes on the The characters from uh, from one or two of the movies, you know, you've got to be a bit of a Star Wars geek going into this to kind of get some of the references. And then again, have no clue who these characters in the framing sequence were because it wasn't abundantly clear at the beginning. Oh wait, they've these are new ones that we shouldn't know. I think there could have been a. They could be from droids or something, and I just don't know. Absolutely, they could be from droids. They could be from uh, rebels. They could be from yeah. It's unclear. It's unclear to me if they're new or not. Yeah. And I would have liked for some sort of a a touchstone as, hey, this is dealing with characters from this movie or or this series or whatever. It was fun. It's enjoyable. I'll go for another few issues. It's not essential reading to me, but it's not bad reading either. Uh, And certainly if you've got uh, a younger reader who wants some Star Wars stuff, uh, this seems like a really good bet. So I'm going to go with a a B minus on this. Um, How about you?
0: the same place, B-. minus, um, But I, I think I think it's pretty good. So, I, I mean, I would I would say, yeah, yeah, give it a shot. A um, little light, and um, a little youngish. So, gotta know that going in, or it could be off-putting for you. Um,
1: I, I would but, say all ages. I don't feel like they were talking down to me, but it's certainly something that uh, a preteen could would have no problem following and understanding.
0: Yeah. But yeah, we, I mean, I think um, it's not as good as the, the mainline title or Darth Vader but uh, um, better than some of those minis that, that have come out. So, uh, yeah, pretty good.
1: Check it out. So I only got about 19 comics read since we recorded last week. Uh, had to work on the number crunching, the preview spotlight, and some other stuff. And part of what slowed me down from even touching this week's stuff is the fact that I, I literally just got the box this evening. Um, got it, uh, plowed through these couple of things, and maybe I might have been a little bit more charitable or something on these if I'd had a little time to mull it over or, or something. Um, so, I was at, I think, around 147 comics. I think this shipment has about 48, but honestly, I'm not positive of that. I just read three of them, so I think that puts me somewhere around 192 comics to read. But I knew this was going to be a week or two where the number would go up, not so much down. Um, but I'm making some progress. Um, just so much stuff's coming out. Yeah, two steps forward, one step back. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. Whittling away at it. I got something's going around up here. So I, I, I've been out of commission sick for three days and mm. uh, canceled my podcast, but came to yours. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought I'd get a lot more reading done, but mostly slept. <laughs> um, so I didn't get get as much stuff read as I'd like, but uh, I'm still pretty close to current. Cool.
1: And again, I'll get there. I just need another uh, weekend or two of some fairly solid reading, and I can catch up on some of this. It's just, uh, again, finding the time, and this was one of those months where the numbers in the preview spotlight kind of aligned. Um, so between now and the next time we record, I'll be recording with uh, Sam and TJ, so that'll eat up a little bit of time. Um, but then hopefully the next couple of weekends after that, I'll be able to get some stuff done. Oh, by the way, all the new TV
0: seasons start, too.
1: Oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I'm excited about it. There's plenty of great stuff, but uh, it's getting to where there's there's too much to consume. So uh, uh, some stuff I've let pile up. Uh, I'm hoping to find some time to catch up on one or two of those things uh, before the season uh, new TV season kicks in. Um, my sister and I have already watched a number of things that I've got to go grab off the. Uh, Zoom H5 recorder and, and start editing so they can go out. Um, yeah, just a ton of ton of things. By the time this
0: airs, will previews have dropped?
1: Yes, the episode after... No, actually, uh, we're recording this on September 12th and tomorrow morning on September 13th, last week, as they hear this. Uh, if they hear it, the minute it goes up uh, is when the preview spotlight went up. Good, so. good turnout. Uh, really good turnout, a lot of fun stuff, uh, one or two things uh, I added to my list because of the the clips and stuff, which I always enjoy. Um, it was a uh, little over two hours. Yeah. Uh, some of that was Jason sent in a uh, clip kind of uh, going over a little of uh, the uh, the amazing Comic-Con or whatever out in Hawaii, too. Oh, okay. But he did a, a fun interview with um, Chad Harding, of who did uh, some of the Harley Quinn stuff.
0: Oh, did Chad plug his own book? Yep. Oh, very cool. That's so, awesome.
1: Yeah, I thought that was that was really good.
0: Usually about the time that uh preview spotlight goes up, that means online solicitations are right around the corner and uh you can look for those to be posted on the forum and uh start thinking about uh what you'll be sending in as a clip next month and uh we love when we love when you get that stuff in early and get your dibs in and John kind of knows what he's what to expect ahead of time and and, uh, yeah, he'll take those clips early.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you've been really good about getting him in early and just everybody posting on the forum, what they're going to do and stuff is a huge help because that way, when I go and put the episode together, I've got a checklist to make sure I don't miss anything. And I almost missed two clips this month, including one of my own, which I thought was kind of silly, but, uh, it's like, <laughs> I had uh, mislabeled one of the files. So in the process I use, it got out of sorts or didn't get picked up, whatever. So yeah, I, I, I'm but sure you have checks and balances that caught that. Hope, this time I had enough. Hopefully uh, nothing falls through the cracks on on other episodes past or future, but uh, it's always a possibility.
0: I've never heard of anyone whose clip got missed.
1: You'd think somebody would
0: have posted something.
1: I know there was one or two times where we got a couple of clips early on for some of the same, same stuff, and we only played one of them or something, but by and large, if they send in the clip, I try to put it in. I mean, if somebody's going to go through the trouble of recording it and sending it, the least I could do is play it. Uh, and usually, you know, even when we've got two or three clips on the same thing, it's coming at it from different angles, and that's kind of fun. Um, and there have been one or two times where the first clip or two didn't necessarily sell me, but the third one, or vice versa, you know, if somebody's got that one nugget of information that's enough to say, oh, I need that, then, you know, it's it's all good. Definitely. Yeah, the uh, deadline for that preview spotlight will be the morning of Saturday, October 7th. And then the uh, teleconference will be the following Saturday, October 14th at 7 p.m. on Skype. Join us if you can. We have a fun time talking about comics and stuff like that. So anything else? Or does that pretty much do it? I think that does it.